Welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. We're here with Kate Larson at Dynamic Physiotherapy at the La Crosse Wellness Center in Onalaska. Right we in La Crosse, La Crosse, right in between. Yeah. Um, so you want to walk us through a little bit of your background, how you got into this field and profession, and some of your credentials, I guess? Sure, yeah. Um, the list? I, uh, this might I take guess, a minute. Yeah. No, no, not too long. I decided I wanted to be a PT in high school. I don't really, I can't tell you what it was that, you know, we had one of those careers classes where we had to research a bunch of stuff, and I, uh, I job shadowed a guy and just thought it was awesome that you didn't have to sit at a desk all day and you were doing stuff with athletes and, you know, just kind of the environment of, like, the ideal. You know, I didn't see, like, the paperwork he had when he went home and all that, so I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, were you mad when you did? <laughs> God, if we could get rid of documentation, know, right? life would be awesome. Uh, living the dream, but... Um, yeah, so I decided that that was the track I wanted to go with and just um, stuck with that through college. So I was an ESS major here at UWL, um, exercise and sports science, and at the time it was a fitness concentration. Um, and decided I wanted to go to Iowa for grad school for the University of Iowa. So went down to Iowa City and went, got my DPT. Um, I did get my CSCS in between there, my certified strength and conditioning specialist, because I knew that I wanted to continue with that um, that population of athletes. Um, so after I got my DPT, the guy that taught the orthopedic classes at Iowa, Dave Williams, um, had a clinic in Coralville, Iowa, and it was a private practice, very similar to the wellness center where they've got a full gym um, and a lot of good things going on. So I worked there for about a year and a half right out of school. Um, actually did my undergrad internship there as well and learned a lot of great things there. I mean, a lot of mentorship going on. We'd come in uh, one Sunday a month and spend four or five hours reviewing anatomy, going through manual therapy techniques, um, comparing some clinical reasoning strategies. Nice. And it was it was a great environment for it's a new grad. a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. It, I was really spoiled to be there off the bat and really thankful and grateful to that group. Um, so I feel like that the fire for um, continuing education was lit, you know, there. And um, did a lot of courses right out of school. I think my first course was um, a Stan Paris spine course, um, and then right into SFMA, so the Selective Functional yep. Movement Assessment with the Gray Cook folks. And um, that group was an excellent place to start because it got you thinking whole body right off the bat. You weren't, you know, a lot of courses are, and rightfully so, they're shoulder, upper quadrant, you know, they're mm -hmm. telling you what they're focusing on. Um, but I think sometimes it's a challenge to tie everything together in courses like that. So the SFMA, um, I did that before there was a certification in it and whatnot. I think I could go back now and actually apply for the certification and stuff. But I saw they just did that with the Y balance too. <clears throat> yeah, I gotta yeah. go back and so I think they're formalizing. Re up. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I did FMS, Y balance, SFMA. So I, I use that system um, to kind of you know figure out where people should be if, mm -hmm. if they're in an athletic setting and they don't have pain and just looking at overall function. Yeah, they're FMS, Y balance, and they don't necessarily need to come see me. So that's. Um, that's kind of a nice system to use. Outside of that, I really like the Institute of Physical Art. Um, so that's a group out of Steamboat, Colorado, and they uh, they do a lot with PNF. So it's motor control, joint okay. mobilization, soft tissue, all bundled into one. Really good whole body functional focus. So really great for runners, um, golfers, people that have you know multiple joints moving at the same mm -hmm. time, which is pretty much any athlete. But um, you know, just a really nice whole body focus, and I like their philosophy. So I took. Um, most of their classes have a few to finish up there. Need to decide if I want to um, invest some real time and money into certification in that over the next year or two. 
um, and then have done uh, the money part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No They're not cheap to go no, to these courses. Unfortunately. So, um, yeah, and then dry needling has been a good focus for me in the last couple of years. So I'll finish that up in July with hands, feet, and face, um, and then I'll be done with those for a while. Nice. Um, also took my breast cancer oncology certification out in Denver, Colorado last year. Um, just saw a lot of people coming into clinic with um, soft tissue, joint, motor control, nerve issues post uh, breast cancer treatment. And, and you can really apply that to any oncology situation, but um, it really takes manual therapy and applies it to that population and says, how do we get their lymphatic system draining better? How do we get um, you know, some improvement in tissue mobility? And um, you'd be surprised. I mean, you guys wouldn't, but the general population is right. really surprised at what you can do with those patients with some manual therapy. So wow. that was a really nice specialized course, and that's a program I'll be um, getting up and going more this year after coming off maternity leave here. So um, also got my degree in momhood <laughs> of two kids <laughs> this year. Had, uh, had to be the hardest one out of all. Yeah, that's all, definitely you know. the most difficult one. Um, so are you know. more on the AJ side where it's two and that's it, or are you going to go for oh. the Boland approach and... <laughs> See I think if you I'll can't be right in the middle. It. I okay. think three's our number. Okay. I've got to talk with, with Doug on that one. But I'm already pushing for that third one someday. So, um, yeah, but life's a little crazy with that. But I think, um, you know, just having the attitude coming out of school that continuing education is a way of life for physical therapists and for anybody in, you know, a movement field um, is, is the way to go because it keeps you pushing yourself. Um, and I think that that ties right into another question you'll probably ask me of, you know, private practice and dynamic and, and why I am where I am. That Um, was going to be one of my next one, just kind of more of the background on what you, how you started with the body shop and then went to now dynamic physiotherapy and why that versus your traditional. Yep. Yeah. Work in the PT uh, department at some big hospital and go from there. Yeah. I, uh, I started out the private practice I was in in Iowa was um, we were insurance-based um, kind of before the, the self-pay model had really um, started to take off a little bit more. Um, great clinic. We had great relationships with a couple of private um, ortho clinics in okay. town, um, which is one thing we don't have in La Crosse, you know, as far as... So I think the closest one is Winona. Okay. There's a guy in Winona that used to be, I believe, at Gunderson that went okay. private because he was just tired of the yeah, yeah. stuff. So, I mean, that was kind of a good um, middle ground mm-hmm. between you know, big hospital system and private practice like I am in now. So um, when we moved to La Crosse, I was eight months pregnant. I had a um, four-day-a-week job that I enjoyed but wasn't quite the right fit for me and what my goals were and where I saw myself heading. So I'd always kind of had this, not rebel, but, you know, entrepreneurial, <laughs> entrepreneurial um, think outside the kind box. Kind of familiar? Yeah, you guys might know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird. Where it's like, man, this is ideal. This is how it should be. And I'm just going to do that because that's how it should be done. So, um, Good for you. Yeah, yeah so I, I actually just, my husband and I had talked about, you know, okay, in June I'm going to take some business courses and transition into this private practice. And, you know, once you see that and the carrots dangled out in front of you, it was like, I think I quit my job the next week <laughs> and just <laughs> dove in head first. Awesome. Um, so it was kind of a... Um, you know, what do I do? Because I just quit my job. I don't know many people in town. We just moved here. I mean, we had been here in undergrad and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had done some research on how do you start forming relationships and decided that being at different gyms where people were really serious about training was the way to go. So um, Iron Physique Gym yep. there on, the, on the north side. Um, was we'll have where, to get out there at some point, too. Yeah, I mean, they've got some serious training. You've got world-class class athletes in their training, um, and they care. If they can't train because they're in pain, they will come find someone to help yeah. them. 
So I was in there uh, for a while, and then I just started kind of traveling, and I'd see people wherever um, in their gyms and houses. It was just, you know, I had a portable table, low overhead, so I could keep my rates low. Um, and, and it was kind of a nice way for me to transition, because we had just had Brooks at the time, our first little guy. and um, So, you know, I was working hours, whatever hours I needed to, but I could be home when I needed to. And um, last spring, um, started kind of talking with some other individuals in town who had the same thoughts as me, where it's like, okay, insurance deductibles are skyrocketing and co-pays are coming along and, you know, things were just moving in the wrong direction in the insurance world for manual therapists. I think, um, you know, we need time to do treatment and assess and reassess and do some of these things, and um, which and I did, get, I did reassess your Thomas test on my geranium. Sorry, we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, we can edit that in. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to it. But, um, you know, so that takes time. And sometimes when you've got a big hospital system, they're, they're pushing some numbers at you, some goals, because they have numbers. And um, so it, that model doesn't always work together. Not that it can't. I mean, there are people working really hard in big mm -hmm. hospital systems to keep manual therapy in their practice and do what they can, and I really respect that. Um, so this was just, for me, um, a way to have the time and low overhead to treat patients. You know, where I'm in the driver's seat, there's not an insurance company telling me I have this many visits and then I'm done regardless. I don't, I don't have to spend my time trying to prove to them what kind of uh, progress I'm making with all of these words and numbers. It's, you know, it's really patient-centered. How does that go? It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been there, I, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. I know what that feels like. So, um, yeah, dynamic became a little bit more formal practice um, over the last year and we're really growing in that direction where we're going to um, we'll have another location. I don't know if I can formally say <laughs> it, but it, we'll yeah. be out at Cooley Health. Um, by the time we actually get this one out there, it'll probably <laughs> yeah. be old news. So yeah. we'll be out at Cooley Health. Um, we'll have a, a guy downtown in La Crosse. We'll have five locations and five therapists. And we are all kind of um, independent contractors, if you will. So we set our own hours. Some of us are still, you know, a couple people still working in the big hospital system. And that's a good fit for them because they can kind of be in both worlds. Um, but it's it's a nice versatile way to start a practice like this to keep overhead low, um, and really make sure that that the center of our practice is the care mm -hmm. and what we want to do with patients. So um, that's kind of what took me from you know the the world that most PTs live in to this little informal running around like a chicken with my head cut off with the body shop, and then deciding that you know we needed to settle down and find home base and start working with some you know good community partners and have a have an office and be more formal so I'm liking where it's going I think that's key is having good team members too yeah. like you were you mentioned before it's it's yeah. not always about numbers but well and quality. I think um you know one thing that's unique in a, a, co a collaborative setting like this is um, I give myself probably two visits with somebody and if on that third visit I'm not seeing the change I want to see or I don't I don't feel like I'm getting the clinical mm -hmm. picture put together I'm referring out. And so yep. those people, I have those people put together is to, you know, you need to go see this person because I think that they're a better fit for you. And, um, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen as much within a big hospital system because it's like you need to go to physical therapy and their schedule's open and that's when you can come in. So that's, Or if you, know, you do get referred, it takes three months to get into that person. There are some issues, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think um, on that front, you know, I can refer people for chiropractic, massage, nutrition, um, you know, and exercise professionals too. I'm really big on trying to get people moving. Um, you know, I'll steal a great cook phrase, but move well, move often. Yeah. Um, but you do have to move to keep your tissues healthy. So on my front, um, when somebody sees me, I, I make them a little bit more responsible maybe than other PTs might, 
where I'm going to say, I've, I've identified these things that are dysfunctional. I'm going to treat your neuromuscular skeletal systems, talk about some postural things, you know, if it's something that's pretty chronic, get into the central sensitization stuff. Um, but then I expect you to do these couple correctives and to get a movement plan together for me. Even if it's two days a week, you're going to go mm -hmm. for a walk. I need you to start on something, get some blood flow to your tissue, start moving. So, um, I can demand that of people, and if they don't like it, I'm not the right fit for them because I'm not going to just treat people passively with manual therapy and let them, you know, not do anything on their part because that's not sustainable and they're right. not going to feel like they got the results that they're looking for. So, um, you know, in the ideal world, like I said, we're always going for this ideal, right? It's um, working together as a team, having your team members that you really trust and you, you know when to use each other um, to get the patient their best results. So that's kind of the, the philosophy. Awesome. I got a random question sure. that maybe applies to more of the mom side of the profession. So sure. with having two kids, have you noticed a difference in your activity levels and yeah. stiffness and mobility issues? Because yeah. I, I know I have big time over the last year because there's just more time sent. Yep. You're sitting like this and it's like, oh man, I'll sit for four hours in a rocking chair not moving. Yep, definitely. And I mean, um, as your wives and myself can probably attest to, um, nursing is probably one of the worst ergonomic things you can do. Because you're just gonna put yourself in some bad positions, yeah. and, and you, you know, you might fall. Sounds like another business idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mobility for nursing. Moms. There you go. Uh, but yeah, you spend a lot of time sitting, and you, you know, if you're getting kids out of a crib or off the floor, there's just some Gosh. some positions that I wouldn't generally recommend, but you have to do it as a parent. Okay. Um, so what we found in our family is that um, getting me to the gym was hard because I needed to be with with baby, and he's you know he's four months old now, and. Um, work in towards a little bit more can, can be away from mom for longer but um, so we actually signed up for CrossFit here CrossFit UDX in the building which you know as a physical therapist CrossFit has some stigma to it there's some different things that I've, you know and I've done it before way back when it started and uh, so I was like okay you know if, what if they tell me to do something that's really against my movement morals you know like my movement morals are pretty strong yeah. yeah so I'm like okay Nikki and Jake if if I uh if I want to modify something, are you cool with that? Yeah, I mean they're so fine with that, and they yeah. encourage it. You know, they they understand that um, people are where they're at, and they need to be at that level, and then try to work for the next level, not mm -hmm. try to work for three levels up. Right. So their philosophy is better than yesterday, and I think they really do embrace that. Where you are there to be better than yesterday. There are days when I'll just say I'm not going to put any score up there, you know, like or, or it's going to be irrelevant because I just modified three things because I have a diastasis and I'm trying to, you know, be respectful to my pelvic floor and my core <laughs> and my form and everything. So um, they're totally fine with that. But for me, what it did was it gave me an appointment and made me accountable. And it said, you know, I have three options today to get to a class and I have to make one of those three work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think for us right now, it was a good fit. And then for my husband, just um, he needed the competitive drive because sometimes when you're tired and you get to the gym it's like oh man you know I gotta I gotta show One up. less set of this another yeah. less yep. set of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah so I for think sure. um you know and that kind of leads me into another concept of asking for help when you need it you know I have a degree in exercise science and I, I know how to program and all that but at this point in my life what I need is somebody to get me there and help me get there um because I've got a schedule to work around and I need to put kids into daycare at a certain time so um you know I ask my family and friends for more help than what I'd probably like to admit, but I do because I need to. So, you know, there's there's definitely days when I'm calling grandma and grandpa to come down and take kids so I can do a weekend seminar because this community needs it. You know, like we're, we're having one on youth athletes coming up next month and yep. same thing where I'm, I'm calling grandma to come take the kids, but they're all for it because they see what we're trying to do and they know that when a business is young like this and you're, you've got good visions, it, you just take some hard work and a couple of sacrifices, but 
for me, every, um, every yes is a no, too. I mean, as far as managing family life and time, if I say yes to one thing, I'm saying no to something else. And I've become very picky on what I'll say yes to because it, it does mean that I'm taking time. There's some commitments that I have um, really, you know, really hard for me to leave behind and say, I can't do this this year. Next year I can, you know, I can be part of Rotary. I can do some of these things that I'm, I'm used to doing. But right now, it doesn't fit into my, you know, my time schedule in my life. Um, you know, and, and the other thing I, I just came across this year that I think is kind of interesting, instead of saying I don't have time for something, saying it's not a priority for me. And I do think that changes. Mm-hmm. Because once you phrase it like that in your head, it's like, oh, but that should be a priority, you know. And um, so for me, I've, I've tried to cut my priorities down this year. And so I've kind of got, you know, a little bit more manageable plate um, and, and part of that, I think a lot of people that get into PT and our profession, we're a little type A. We, you know, we kind of want to like control everything. And it's got to be awesome. And um, so moving, moving into a, a more realistic, like, you know, I don't have to do everything everybody wants me to. I can do what's a priority for me that gets me from point A to point B. And that's just what I need to focus on right now. So I'm going to steal another Tim Ferriss thing. He was interviewing Derek Sievers. Sievers? I, can't, I don't even remember what he does, but he's well off and whatnot. And <laughs> he's made it. He's, yeah, he's figured out how to do it, and he lives by the hell yes motto. Yeah. So if yep. it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Yep. So he doesn't get into anything unless he's so into it that yep. he just says, hell yes, I want to be a part of it. And then he just leaves it by the wayside because then it's just not worth his time. Yeah. And he's extremely type A. Like He's the one that will sit and work for 12 hours till it's done. It won't be like a couple hours here. He just does it. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially when you're trying to juggle different things, um, the hell yeah has become a little bit more apparent. Yeah. Because when you're like, oh, I have to go do this, and I don't really want to do it, well, then take it off your plate. You right. Know? It's always a choice. Yeah. It's just a matter, yeah. like you said, with the priorities, where it lies. And with like with coaching at UWL, so I coach track. Yep. One day a week I'm there to do sprint starts and technique stuff, postural. You know, we kind of try to jam a lot of stuff in one day when I'm there. Um but that's something where I just have an understanding with them this year while I've got this new baby and trying to adjust that um, I'm not going to go to the away meets. You know, I'll be at the home meets and I'll be there for practice and I'll, you know, I'm treating some girls on the side and I'll stay after practice mm-hmm. and do some of that stuff, but I don't go to away meets this year. And that's well, just, and they pay you yeah. super well too, don't they? Yeah, I get a pair yeah, of free yeah. shoes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they buy me a pair of shoes. The life of Division Three athletics. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know, you, you leave with a good feeling, so yeah. that's what it's worth. But do what you love. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's pretty apparent. You know, there's definitely people who have told me, like, wow, you are really excited about this after their first visit. I'm like, well, yeah, because I am, you know, I don't necessarily have to be here to earn this paycheck, but I like what I'm doing, and I put my kids in daycare so I could come see you today. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be excited about you because I'm really excited about being with them too. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fun atmosphere when you when you kind of step out of that and, um, and kind of have that attitude about it. Nice. Good insights, Kate. This is good stuff. Yeah. I can just yes see the wheels no. turning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it like that, but that's, that's yeah, yeah, definitely what it is. Yeah. You're saying no to something. From a PT episode to life lessons. From yeah. 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 I like it. Didn't know Sorry. It yeah, no, no, it's I feel good. like I'm in a, a really big growth, growth season right now, so I've got all these things running through my wow. head. Oh, shoot. You look some... at, like, your and I's jobs where it's just constant people walking by. Can you do this? Can you do this? And yeah. I always like Scott Doberstein's quote, you know, Poor planning on your parts doesn't mean that it should be an emergency for me because, yeah. Yeah. or something like that. It was a good one, <laughs> yeah. but it gives me a hard time because my office door is shut a lot and I'm in there. <laughs> like, I hate you, my office. Are you in right there? Now. Oh, I have to shut the door. Yep, otherwise, good for you. It's yeah. good people for you. in the hallway going, hey, hey, hey. 
Well, throw me back into the PT world here. I, I think I can yeah. give you a little bit more insight in that. But One of the questions I think that we had sent you was, what makes you guys a little bit more unique with dynamic physiotherapy? You mentioned you have your CSCS. You like working with athletes mm -hmm. and big fan of moving in general so mm -hmm. how does all that tie together with some of the things that you recommend sure yeah you know we talked about continuing education a little bit and um we all we have a, a manual therapy focus and dynamic mm -hmm. um and that's kind of the the umbrella niche that that we fill in this community is that we've got the time and we've structured this that we can do that because i'm not worried about billing units or what i'm going to get reimbursed for i just need what's going to get that person better um, so, so is it just per hour then or yeah, per session? Yeah, we just session? have a okay. per time, right? It doesn't matter if I'm dry needling or doing whatever. It's just whatever it takes per during time. Yep. set time. Yeah, so I, that doesn't influence my clinical reasoning at all right. if I'm going to so get nice. reimbursed for yeah. something. Yeah, so that's that's a nice way to think of it. But, um, you know, and no, not we have that... for 17 minutes. It's got to be 23 <laughs> yeah, right? so you can round up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I hear you. So, um, you know, not that... Not that Clinicians in big hospital systems or in other areas aren't pushed mm -hmm. to go to continuing education. But I think that um, in this atmosphere, you have to have your skills and your, um, your skill set and your niche kind of defined and be working on it to grow it. So, um, you know, if, if somebody comes to me and I miss the boat on something or I can't get it to change, you know, there's something that I know I'm missing as a clinician, and I see that more than once or twice, it's like, okay, what course do I need to go to? Because this person, mm -hmm. this person either tells people that I know what I'm doing or they don't, I don't. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of treat every person as a, you know, um, if they were to advertise for you, would it be good or bad? And you need to be at that level of drive that if, if you don't know something, you either need to know the team member that does. And sometimes it is more effective to yep. say, you know, we have a pelvic health specialist. I'm not going to go learn everything about pelvic floor and pelvic health because I can refer out to that. you got to have um, somebody that's smarter in each yeah, area yeah, or the yeah. smartest of the group in yep. said area. So knowing yeah. your niche but then working really hard at it, I think that's what's going to set us apart long-term in this community where it's, you know, we have a guy that's going to specialize in running and biking downtown. He's within... Um, he'll be in Grand Bluff running okay. and have his office in there. So he has access to runners. Who's that? Um, Jake. I, I think I can. He, he'll take his, he took his boards <laughs> right, probably right now. He's oh, okay. There you go. Minute. Go Jake. So Jake, yeah. you better pass your boards because yeah. Jake Heggie yeah. will be downtown. No pressure. Yeah. Um, so he's just, okay, it's like Grand Bluff, Unity, here. Here. Studio, Studio 16. And then, and then, uh, and then I'll cool 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 the world. Yeah, so we're trying spread. to kind of get, That's get a into good strategic places. Line right up the Holman's next. So uh, <laughs> look out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look out Holman. Look out Holman. But um, yeah, so I mean, just kind of developing your niche area mm -hmm. and being really good at it, being the expert in it, I think is is what will make dynamic a little bit different and accessible. Yeah, like, yeah, we're out there. there. Many That's areas nice. you can go hit you up at any yeah. of. You don't need yeah. a, a referral. There's times when I will refer to a physician because it's like, okay, this this needs a look at it. Um, definitely but then there's more than not times where it's like you have shoulder pain if you go see your physician you know and, and I can look at it first and say okay yeah it looks pretty suspicious that something needs to be looked at Imaged um, but what are they going to say anyway even if you are, do have a little labral tear you know if you're the average 40 year old person and you're not an overhead athlete they're going to tell you to go do PT yeah. so yeah. Um, it, it's saving some people a step and as deductibles get higher I mean I don't know about you guys but our deductible is working on 12 Went grand. to that high deductible plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, unless I have a baby, my deductible is not met for the year unless something no disastrous here. happens. You guys all better knock on wood here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see the, the general, there's some physicians doing this around, you know, where it's you set your prices accordingly, appropriately. We don't have these high overheads. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to bill these big insurance rates that then get cut down so I end up in the middle where mm -hmm. I need to be. 
Um, so it's a little bit more transparent and people will price shop, honestly. There's people in town that they know they have a high deductible plan and, and they you know, have a little ding in their shoulder or something and they'll come find us because we're more affordable. So I think that will become a bigger part of healthcare in the next five to 10 years, especially depending on politics and all that. But um, it'll happen. I think the other thing is just your, what you were talking about earlier is just addressing movement as a mm -hmm. whole body thing. And I can't speak for PT school because I obviously haven't been or don't know what it is now, but I know like for our athletic training students, like they get so tunnel vision on this is where the pain is. Mm -hmm. And trying to kind of break them of the, just because it's there doesn't mean that's why. And, yep. you know, the patellar tendonitis is our biggest, my biggest example is like, yeah, that's where the pain is. Yep. But that's not really the reason that it's happening. Like, yeah. we got to figure out why the pain is happening there. So trying to get them to think upstream yeah. and downstream. And, and I think, I think that that's as something a group, that we... you still see in PT clinics for the exact yep. thing you said is, well, this is what it is. So if you go to the insurance company, and I think you guys were dealing with this one day when I was out there. Yeah. You were, it was a guy's shoulder, and you like helped his neck, and all of a sudden his shoulder pain went away, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And, and they listening to Erica try that. and explain that <laughs> to the yeah. insurance the guy that rep does so or whatever. Much more time trying to explain it too, where you could yep. like Kate, you yep. know, it's ideal where you can just devote that. I think I, Carol I, Levitt had that quote. He's considered the father of manual medicine, and he said, "He who treats the side of pain is lost." Actually, his or pa her, his or her patient is, which is so true. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like um, if somebody in an insurance company read my notes, they would probably be like, why are you treating the ribs for SI pain? You know, like, they're not close enough together to... So I think, um, yeah, on that front, all the dynamic therapists, we've, we've talked about our philosophy of treatment, and it's definitely, we're looking at the whole body, because you can go anywhere, and they'll, they'll do something for, if your wrist hurts, they'll try to look at your wrist. Mm -hmm. But if you're the people that know that... You know that you got to look at the whole picture and the environment and the posture and the movement. Not that other people aren't, but I think when your whole team is really focused on that, right. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's something that's definitely unique. I think uh, the healthcare system as a whole, too. You talk about people jacking up their prices. That's a lot of the problem with that because it's just a vicious cycle and yep. it's kind of an ideal thing yeah. you guys have going on. But I don't know what's what's to be said about where healthcare is going in general. That'll be interesting. I mean, a couple of years ago, well, probably more than a couple now, uh, probably four years ago, Medicare dropped their reimbursement significantly for PT, like 30% in one year. And so everybody just raised their prices accordingly, and then all the, um, the private insurances follow that. So, you know, we had this huge jump in service price, and then along the time they, they stopped reimbursing for, you know, other modalities and some other mm -hmm. things as much. So then people were kind of like, well, now what do we do? How do we get our money, you know? So they started doing different things, but, um, you know, I don't think it's appropriate for somebody to go to a PT clinic and they haven't met their deductible and they're going to pay $500 for an hour of which 15 minutes is paperwork and then you're only with a PT for a certain amount of time. I think we need to bring more value to the table than that as a profession or other professions are. You know, um, I think there's professions that really make sure they take care of that. I think chiropractors do a much better job than physical therapists on the business end of things. Um, we don't get any of that in school, and I feel like chiropractors, they're more likely to, to have their own practice and go out there and do that versus PTs are a little afraid of that because of all these issues. So. Mm -hmm. I, we don't get a whole lot in school either. I think no. a lot of the really successful ones just you go just out and learn on their own or do savvy. outside study or something. Make things happen, know. huh? Yeah. Yeah, we don't get a whole lot. Okay. Which is, you know, I think as medical professionals, we're going to have to think that way a little bit more because I think things will 
change a lot in the next you know five to ten years and we're gonna have to know a little bit you know I, I have to sell my services to somebody and and I that was really uncomfortable for me at the beginning because mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to like you know I treated a lot of people for free because I didn't want to have that conversation right um, it's not a fun one to have yeah but. but then you know once you realize it's like I think of every patient as if this was my mom or dad or grandma or grandpa and they had this going on what would I want them to have mm-hmm. you know what, what resources would in education and treatment so that's worth something and you know I think again going back to taking time away from your family if you're going to be here um, you deserve a paycheck for that, but at the same time, you have to bring the value to them that you would want given to your family members. So, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of business in it, which isn't always fun, and I'm learning that stuff. But I think a lot of it, too, though, now that you're growing, you're getting people make their healthcare decisions based on referrals a lot more than, yeah. you know, other things. So if you're getting good results, you don't have to sell your services as much if, you know, you hear from multiple people that go to Kate, she does an awesome job. Yeah. I think that that sells itself and it's that's yeah that's a valuable trust um point there so and i think going back to the accessibility you don't have to <clears throat> get a referral wait three months to get into an appointment oh you're at gunnerson I, I i can't go see you because you work for that company it's yep. you just go to your website and look at your little time calendar and oh she's open tomorrow i'm gonna schedule my own appointment and there's definitely ways that i can try to help people get reimbursed you know there's some there's some um, things with health savings accounts and yeah. you know there's different ways that I can maybe get them a check back in the mail for some of their treatment but honestly most people don't care about that you think they do and I'm so sensitive to it to like okay is this is this financially feasible for you to see me three times but they just want to get better their time and their function are worth more to them than we think that's so. my biggest problem because I know I'm cheap and probably wouldn't go and pay for <laughs> stuff so I always think nobody else would yeah yeah you'd so, be yeah, surprised I'm I mean just like yeah well it's like the whole thing like I've never actually gone and gotten a massage I've never wanted to pay for it. <laughs> Tell everybody else to. Yeah. Yep. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Once you find, you know, if you have something big happen where it's like, oh, I cannot do what I want to do, that's yeah. when people come find for you. Sure, for yeah. sure. For so. sure. Yeah. Or they get, it's been going on for months and they get sick of dealing with it and finally it's like, okay, yeah. it's not going to go away on its own. I got to yeah. get something done. I took a big course just about a month and a half ago on taking people through the decision making process because it's really hard for them when they're in pain. And it's really hard in the medical profession to know how to do that because I'm a physical therapist. I'm not a marketer. So it was a good course. It talked a lot about, um, you know, how do you convey to them what they're missing out on Mm -hmm. because of their pain or dysfunction and how you let them see. I can take you from point A to point B, you know, and and realistically you do that. So I always think that's hard. We've talked about it a lot because how do you do that with getting the information that needs to be out there but then not sounding gimmicky? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not being... uh, instant fix here's your pill and you'll feel better kind of thing yeah and the way we do it um and i really like this is we have a, a discover pt visit so it's free it's a half hour um and and somebody can come in and talk with us about and it's it's for people that aren't sure if we can help them or what mm-hmm. we do so many people don't know what physical therapists actually do they think we either do exercise or we stretch people and it's like well we we kind of do a little bit of all these different things but um and so you know for me, that's a great way to look at their problem, tell them how I think I can help them, or if I can't, I will tell them I can't, or I'm not the right fit. The other day I referred somebody to another practitioner because I, they are the perfect fit for you. I could I could treat this, and I think we'd get some good things done, but they're the perfect fit, so why don't you go there? So people start to trust and respect for that sure. when, when they know you are just looking out for how do we get you better. So. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, you care about people and they see it, basically. So what are your uh, big picture goals 
by the end of your career, what's what's uh, the big picture? Yeah, I saw that question on the list. We're going to start like, getting deep again. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, I don't know. That's a hard question for me, but I really would like to see our profession um, define its role and own that role and, and be a, a piece of the puzzle that people know and utilize. You know, I think that, like I said, so many people don't know what physical therapists do, that they only seek us out when they have an injury or pain. It's like, why do we get our oil changed in our car and we get our teeth clean and we do all these preventative things, yep. but with our body, we wait for it to completely break down yep. and, and be on the side of the road before we ask for help. So we have a, a yearly Good musculoskeletal analogy. exam in our um, treatment options, and I think I'd like to see that become a little bit more mainstream in our country sure. and, and in sure. this area because... That's a great idea. Yeah, it I is mean, a great idea. Think of how much money you'd save somebody if you catch... And I'm, I am starting to kind of educate people more like, okay... Your, your hip is this tight. Think of all the compression that's causing right now, and you're 40. And so 10 years from now, if you leave that there, that's probably arthritis and a, a total hip, and this is the cost. And, you know, and some, then the back issues that come yeah, along with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, just think of the cost you can save people by thinking preventatively, basically. And I'd love right. to see that. The research is going to be the biggest thing because that's what you're going to have to show. Yeah. Insurance companies to get it to change, and yeah. even possibly the change in that. And yeah. all athletic training, a guy out of Madison did a preventative like ankle study um putting basketball player high school basketball players in ankle braces as a preventative measure and extrapolated it out through like the cdc and stuff and you were saving like tens of thousands of dollars of medical costs over the course of their lifetime yeah for a 30 dollar acl for a 30 dollar ankle brace yeah you know and it was just the numbers were incredible like just by putting on an ankle brace well and you know you know about the same as a movement screen but the the general principle of prevention being there you know and private practice has to be the people to spearhead this because it's not going to happen um big time in a hospital system Mm -hmm. because like you said insurance companies are not going to reimburse for that and so their big companies are going to be hesitant to use it because they're not going to be reimbursed um but for us i can offer that option and nobody can tell me that i can't because it's you know it's just a service that we offer and it's really affordable good service that we offer so i think sure. that'd be just so much more beneficial in some of the generic physical exam assessments that you go in for for your annual annual preventative mm-hmm. care visit it's like all those issues that come out could be prevented if you take care of your body better you can move better you can exercise yeah. and be active like you're supposed to so that you don't develop risk factors for cardiovascular disease and high yeah. blood pressure it's like uh, all that stuff all the lab take work stuff that you can you could yeah, do I mean, over the course of the year. It's good, but uh, Kevin Schultz was big on that one. He got all pissed at his doc one time. He kind of not totally developed all this stuff, but he wasn't in like he was within like a decent range, but it was on the lower end. But the doc wasn't doing anything about it because it didn't hit the classification of something being wrong. Like I inquired about it when I went in just for my physical, and he ran me through the list of questions, and obviously none of them are yeses in terms of you know. Are you sleeping more? Are you, you know, no, like I'm, you know, yeah. everything is fine, but I'd still <laughs> want to know so you can get lab work Perform done. at your optimum. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. fine is not great, you know, like, yeah. I, could I be better? I don't know. Yeah. Prevention isn't sexy. I feel like a lot of times in our society, people yeah. don't want to take care of that because it's, I don't know, it's not flashy. Yeah. And that's, you know, for myself included, I know the, the value of prevention. And I've got little issues that, you know, pop up hip mobility issues from sitting too much or whatever. You do, you do have a certain threshold of what you'll wait for until you start doing things. And that's where I think, like, you know, 
in this particular CrossFit at UDX here, they're doing, you know, you have 15, 20 minutes of mobility work before you even start your workout. You have no excuse mm -hmm. not to be working on these things. Um, so to get people in the mindset that this is a part of your, your workout or your week or whatever to do prevention, um, it's as simple as that sometimes. And they just need somebody to screen through and say, okay, your right shoulder, this is not quite moving right, and it looks like your motor control is a little off. Here's some things to work on. I'm going to check in with you in six months, and I, and I want to see that change, and what's our plan of action for that? Let's go to it. So that's what my long-term goal great would plan. be to see some of that. I like that. Good answer. Yeah. There's some clinic goals in there, <laughs> too. What was the question? Yeah. 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 Long-term goals. Yeah. Very good. Well, so you guys got any other ones, or you want to go on to our... Get into the questions? Clinically yeah. pressed oh, questions. I saw these at the end. Okay. So, I guess we've kind of touched on it, but if you want to sum it up, something that you believe in in terms of physical therapy or just general health or in life, because AJ believes in aliens, um, <laughs> that others may not. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I think taking any, and I'll use CrossFit as an example, because there's definitely been times when I'm like, what are these people doing? They're just beating up on their bodies. And I think taking anything and, um, and looking at how it fits into your life and either modifying it or modifying what you're doing and using it as a tool to make yourself better, if you look at it in that way, I think you can learn a lot from different things. You know, like there's a group in town um, that does some natural movement stuff. And maybe it doesn't have as much cardiovascular focus on it because it's a little bit more just, you know, um, getting up and down and crawling and rolling and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Great stuff. Uh, but I can learn stuff from those folks. I can learn stuff from these folks. Taking the people and the experiences and the opportunities in your community and just learning from them. I think uh, and having that open attitude. Talking to the guy from Monkey Barn Gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had all kinds of interest. Yeah. So, and if you don't like it, just hey, it's not for you. That's yeah. your yeah. call. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. take sure. a few principles away, and uh, yeah, that's good. What's your most influential fitness or health or any type of purchase under hundred dollars? I went back and forth with the sun, but I'm going to say a mobility wad subscription with super bands, because Ooh. I feel like, you know that you get some active um active mobilization and you can really loosen up some things good uh, but it starts you thinking too it's like what are the relationships between this and this and how do i get that moving and where does that show up in my life or my gym world or whatever and once you start looking through those mobility wad videos i mean there's stuff on all kinds yeah. of things on there oh, that, yeah. that aren't even mobility related or whatever so um, there's one on parenting i saw um, <laughs> and it was like you know super athlete kid type thing mm -hmm. it, it was relevant but um yeah, I think that was just a purchase. And maybe it's because it's a newer purchase for me, but I'm really enjoying that one. That's cool. We were just talking about doing that. It keeps that. it interesting, yeah, too. Yeah, it was like always. 10 bucks yeah. a month. It's not yeah, bad. Nice. Yeah, Highly so entertaining. Literally talked about that yeah. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there's your That's push. Cool. I kind of thought you were going to say a kettlebell just because. I thought about it. Yeah. I thought <laughs> about it. That's so been a personal. theme kind of so, throughout yeah. some it's different so ones. It's yeah. easily be able to put a top 10 list together, and they'd be ones that everyone agrees with. For sure, yeah. Um, three take-home tips or just like a Twitter version that yeah, you would have for the audience. I guess I technically do have Twitter. I just don't know how to use it very well. It's on my list. We only um, have it linked to both. Facebook. I don't, we don't <laughs> post anything on it. Yeah, so um, so three takeaway messages. Mm. I mean, we kind of went through, you know, some good concepts yep. and deep stuff, but I'd say I'm going to steal great cooks and say move well, move often yep. because I think that is just so foundational to life. Um I think 
having some sort of a of a goal and plan like you know you talked about what's your career plan having a two-year five-year ten-year goal and not only for your professional career career but for your family and you know faith or whatever whatever yeah. you're working on in your life um, I think that's really valuable because without those out there you're just you know shooting in the dark and, and not necessarily going anywhere um, and then third I don't know um, I guess just just treating people within your again professional and personal life the way that you would want to be treated and that goes so far that I mean that speaks for itself I think yeah. golden rule yeah very good you want the last one what is the last one if you go back 10 oh, years yeah. and there you give go. yourself some <laughs> advice or do something differently I would learn how to learn differently is what I would do because I feel like we teach students to read in a book and take a test based on what they read in the book and we I've get argued s- that finals make no sense yeah, at all. We get Let's so go brain dump as much information <laughs> yeah, as we can right. onto a sheet I'll, of paper. I'll get rid of them in a heartbeat. We get learning stupid because we can't apply things and we can't um, look at things in the real world and apply them. So I think I would go back and say just you know, spend less time reading that book right there and go watch people at the mall. Go watch them walk and see what you notice and start, you know, and then um, way out of my comfort zone would have been like ask them. Hey, do you? What do you? Does something hurt you right now? Why are you walking like that? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of a little creepy when you do stuff like that. But um, <laughs> you know, just you can find so many people. Like, Everybody's oh, so yeah. touchy. In these I mean, days. just <laughs> learning from people and being. I gotta observing. imagine what you see here. Yeah, I mean, I don't like going to the mall because I'll watch people. I'm like, oh, is that their left hip or is it their this? And um, you start, but just just to open my <laughs> eyes to that kind of learning at a younger age would have been valuable for me because I don't think I figured that out till grad school when this uh, this guy Dave that I worked for. You know, he got, some people get so uptight about his test because it was, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F is these two options. You know, you had all these options. People were like, this Holy is, crap. This is too hard. Wright's and I, test. you know, but he wanted you to just think about it and think sure. it through. And if you pick the wrong answer and you could justify to him why you picked that, he might give you credit for it. But people got so uptight about their grade, they forgot to see the forest through the trees sure. and that you're going to have to treat patients someday. So I think I'd just try to get that attitude instilled in me before grad school. The application. That's good. The unit yeah, yeah. says don't let. <clears throat> a degree get in the way of a good education or something like that. Don't let. <clears throat> What's so that? A funny story there. So it's on the back of a T-shirt I have, which is actually from a bar I worked at in college. <laughs> which you know, any you advice on the back of a T-shirt. And, and it's the, uh, the the Mark Twain quote: "The don't let school interfere with your education." There it is. Yeah, nice. Which is, it's a it's a great quote, and I'm, it's one of those nice shirts. But <laughs> funny <laughs> that it came from a bar. Yeah. <laughs> but. Anyway, I, I kind of want to, for a final one year, just say, what did you learn this semester? Just one question. I wish I would have had more projects, like, even just to apply it and have to, like you said, like, explain why, because if you can do that, and that's why, like, that's when I've adapted with my AT students, is they all come back from their internship over the summer, and they saw some cool new thing, or the thing they want to do, and I'm all for it, but you got to tell me why. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just say, go for it. Like, you got to give me, and if it's a good reason... We'll do it, but if it's just uh, because I want to, I can't. I'm not gonna ride with that. Like you gotta have a better excuse than just because I saw it and I think it's cool. Yeah, I won't. That won't work for me. And on our front, you know, it's like okay, so I'm trying to work with this team here in the wellness center and in the community, and uh, starting that in our educational process and Mm -hmm. saying we did a little bit of that in grad school. We worked with like a pharmacy student and a med student on a case where there were some physical therapy things involved. Yep. And it it was it was definitely a learning experience because I was like, man, those med students like. Can they like talk to these 
patience and figuring out because they tell me what I need to know and can I tell them what they need to know because we all communicate so differently. But yeah, the you interprofessional know. stuff is yeah, interprofessional is huge and huge and interesting and difficult. But like yeah. you're saying, treat people and it's one of those. Can we all just check our egos at the door? Yeah, and I agree. Bring in your little expertise. Yeah. And then I go, if you don't know it and you don't feel like you can fit that, try, like you said, go learn it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get out there Take and do Take the onus on it. it. Don't blame everybody else. Yep. So. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, well, thanks guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, you. thank you. Enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. where can people find you at? Oh, yeah. Website. Sure. Uh, we are at mydynamicphysio.com. Um, Apparently on, on Twitter, although it doesn't. Uh, yeah, we have a Twitter account, and someday I will learn how to use that. I'm supposed to do Instagram and Snapchat as well. Um, There's a lot of good things. Like, you can link your Instagram to yeah. your Twitter, so you really only have to do one. I haven't quite delved into it. So My girlfriend's be, a social media like, uh, guru okay. and using the Sprinkler app or something. I don't know. I'm 2017, you can look for us on that stuff. There you go. Right okay. now, we're on Facebook uh, website. We'll have kind of a calendar of events. we got things going on all the time. Uh, we're out at businesses so some of the businesses that are wellness um, partners with the wellness center we're out there coming to their offices but you can nice. always find us on our website and facebook so. cool cool yeah all right thanks kate thanks yeah thank you, thank you. enjoyed it Thank you for watching this episode of Clinically Pressed. If you want to go check out our full site at clinicallypressed.com, we'll have links to all our episodes, our insights, and coming soon, CP Shorts. Also, while you're there, we are starting to offer online courses with our first one being Dr. Jacobs Weight Loss 101, so check that out. You can find us at any podcast outlet and YouTube. While you're there, if you could give us a thumbs up or a rating, that would be great. We've heard it really helps. Also check out our blog at TotalAthleticTherapy.com where you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter that summarizes all of our posts plus provides you with some other extras. Thank you again for listening and we hope to see you again soon.